Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. One more Dominion Sonship live coming to you, coming to you from the place of dominion in Christ, from the place of dominion in Christ. Do you know that every utterance of God is an utterance of dominion? Do you know that every utterance of God is a shift of thought? Every utterance of God is a declaration of life. There is a boldness. There is a confidence. There is a peace and there is a rescue, a rescue. And that is his dominion. His dominion is a rescue from a low realm of oppression and oppressive thought to a place above that is far above where we are seated in him. Our minds, when the utterance of God comes, shift us to the place to where we really are living from. And that is from God, in God, through God, in a far above place, far above place. Last week, we spoke on confidence in God, and we looked at that word confidence, and it was the Greek strong concordance 3954, meaning boldness, openness, freedom in speaking, fearlessness, confidence, boldness, has fearlessness, no fear, no fear, no fear. In the utterance of God, I don't have to make myself not afraid. I am not afraid. In the utterance of God, I don't have to pretend I'm not shaking my little knees. My, sh- my knees aren't shaking. In the utterance of God, I don't have to attain to something. I got it already. And that is boldness and that is confidence. It is a cheerful courage. One of the words there said it was cheerful courage. And so we looked at a few verses. We went through um, Paul's writing. We looked at John, the words of Jesus in Ephesians, the words of Paul. And that's last week's message you might want to go and listen to because it's a, it's a queue up. We're, we're, we're moving from there for today. And um, I just wanted to again look at that word boldness, this uh, 3954 right from the Strong Concordance. I have it open on my phone here. That is frankness, bluntness, publicity, or publicly. It's always done in public. You see, the word of God is to be proclaimed boldly. So there'll be a witness to hear the proclamation. It is always in the company of the multitudes. That's why his voice is as a, as a, as a multitude of a sound of a river, a sounding of a movement of a, of, of, of as simple as his word is and as complex as his word is. There is a movement that is for the multitudes and it could be one word, but within that one word, there is a life divine. That lands on the multitudes and edifies each and everyone in the place that they're really supposed to occupy in the spirit. It's a booing up. It is a, it's an elevated word. It is a word of rescue. Like I said earlier, it is a bold, blunt, uh, assured word. It's confidence of speech. Another, we looked up, um, 
or actually I didn't even get to look at this particular, but it's from a Greek scholar looking at the word boldness and confidence in the context of actually this one is especially in Ephesians 3.12. Let's go to Ephesians 3.12 and then I'll move into this message because I really wanted to read this definition of boldness because what we will be talking about is the title is not of this creation. You see, this boldness is not man-made. This boldness is not fabricated through fleshy proclamations and me going my little uh, back room saying, rah, 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 I can do this, I can do this. Okay, here we go, I'm going to do it. No, this is a divine utterance. It is, it is the Holy, it is the Holy Spirit Himself. So I, maybe all of you already went to Ephesians 3.12. This is Paul writing right, right after he talks about the mission that's been assigned to the body of Christ, the church, that we are to proclaim the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now that is a bold declaration. Verse 12 says, In whom we have boldness, this is the word, confidence, bluntness, fearlessness, cheerful courage, openness, plainness, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. With confidence through faith in him. So now that word boldness, this is a Greek scholar writing this, in this verse is from the Greek word parousia, which describes a frankness of speech, no pretense, a frankness of Speech, not tiptoeing around the matter, a forthrightness, a frankness of speech that is often viewed as unflinching authority. Oh, they know we're so easy. They know they, they, when they heard Jesus, they, they, they marveled because he spoke as one with authority. That's supposed to be said of us as well, by the way. In whom we have boldness, Paul writes, not just about Jesus. We are now living in Jesus and that which is his is mine. Describes a frankness of speech that is often viewed as unflinching authority, even in the face of opposition. It's made to be actually in the face of opposition because the word of God trumps every lower carnal reality. The word of God, the supernatural eternal word of God that abides forever crushes and dominates every demonic lie. The word of God, truth is light and exposes darkness and makes darkness flee. I believe this. Even in the face of opposition, it presents a picture of unashamed boldness. Oh, they're so brass. Unashamed boldness. We crush Satan's party. We destroy his schemes. We are made to make pronunciations and announcements in the spirit. Buddy, it's over. The game's over. 
This is the time for the body of Christ to wake up and make a divine disclosure to make known, to make known the intent of God for right now, which is dominion. Not run and hide, not pretend you don't see it. Don't just go with the flow and wait until maybe someone will have a little bit of pity on the little church. Because after all, I want to see sister so-and-so and give brother so-and-so a little hug and encourage, you know, their little kids. We're beyond that now. We're beyond that now. And yes, I love godly fellowship and encouraging the brothers and the sisters. Yes, but there is a higher place. And it's right here to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be. I'm elevated. Praise God. We need to get elevated. We need to get stirred up. Satan stirred up against you. Do you know that? To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities. Well, first the church got to know the plan of God and then proclaim it. It's got to be disclosed by the church, but the church got to hear the head holding fast to the head. Principalities and powers in the heavenly place according to the eternal purpose, not according to what I feel like. I, I think I see. I think I don't see. I think I can connect the dots. I think this means that. No, means nothing. If God has not said it, it means nothing. Let it go. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ. It's an eternal, done, finished purpose called dominion. Everyone wants to excuse why they don't want to dominate their moment. Everyone wants to excuse why they just can't be in dominion today. Today, they just, it, it's a little bit rough. The weather is not very favorable. My family is a little bit hairy today. I don't feel the love today. Oh my, hush that flesh and step out. Step out. It's a finished purpose. Has been accomplished in Christ already. You don't have to figure out a new thing. You just have to tune in. You have to tune in. And this is where your confidence comes from. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Let me just finish this and then start my message. It is, it is a picture of unashamed courage. Sorry, unashamed boldness. It also is associated with joy and courage. This word boldness, this word confidence, that is unflinching authority even in the face of opposition is unashamed boldness associated with joy and courage but in addition Paul goes on to tell us that we can have confidence in Christ as we pray the word confidence is derived of the Greek word patho which is in most cases means persuasion that's actually one of the words one of the words that pisces is made out of, which is faith in Hebrews 11.1. 1. This word peto, which means persuasion. However, in this verse, the word persuasion isn't enough. The Greek form used here depicts 
absolute confidence. Oh, I love God. Absolute confidence and flinching dominion in the face of opposition. I often see it like a plow in winter. I plow right through no matter what's opposing me, no matter the stacked up snow and the frigidness of it. I plow through it and I make a way for God to move through it, through this plowing that I'm doing for him. Partnership with God. It is his strength that's enabling me to push forward. It is his ability. It is the Holy Ghost that has endowed me with his courage. But now I engage his courage through my vessel and I plow. I reckon the outer man dead and I know one thing. I am alive unto God. And if God be for me, who can be against me? This word confidence, the Greek form uses here, used here, depicts absolute confidence. That is one who is double or doubly persuaded, double, double, doubly persuaded. Not just one level persuasion, max level persuasion. I'm persuaded, but now I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like fully persuaded. That was what Abraham was, right? Fully persuaded. Didn't waver the promises of God. He was fully persuaded. Why? Because he knew the Lord, the God, who raised the dead back to life. Are you fully persuaded today? You could say that this person is convinced to the core, rock solid, certain about what he believes or feels. He's so completely persuaded and trustful of what he believes that no element of doubt remains. It's been flushed out. And so that was really part of the message from yesterday, sorry, from last Sunday. And so now we, we're going to go to two verses I looked at last week in Hebrews. And the title is Not of This Creation. All that I read is really to bring us to this moment. You see, you're not natural. You are supernatural. And the supernatural of God is bold. The supernatural creation of God is truth. And truth does not waver not oscillate between two opinions. Firm to the core, that word confidence was. Firm to the core because I'm not of earth. I'm from heaven. I'm not from the world. I am from above. Hebrews, where's Hebrews? Hebrews 9, about the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 11. But Christ came this right after that there were limitations of the earthly service through the, through the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. And so now we're moving to the higher, the higher, most perfect service. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. But Christ came as a high priest of good things to come with the greater, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. You're not of this creation. Therefore, you're part of the greater and more perfect 
tabernacle, which is the body of Christ. Do you know that you're part of a brand new tabernacle, the body of Christ? Do you know that you're not of your own man, but you're of the man, the Lord Christ Jesus? I believe I've read these verses, but at the beginning of 2020, he spoke two verses to me. In 1 Corinthians, I'll just give the reference and you can dot them down. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Paul writes, But of him, that is of God, but of him you are in Christ Jesus. You are part of this greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with hands, that is not of this creation. And then um, in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, Six, the end of six, Paul tells the Corinthians not to think beyond that which is written. Stay within this greater, more perfect tabernacle, which is the word of God. Jesus made flesh. You see, when you abide in the word, you're abiding in this more perfect tabernacle. You're hit from every storm and snare. Keep standing on the solid foundation. It is not of this creation, therefore this creation can't touch it. It's so far above, it comes from above. Not of this creation. If we go then, uh, continue from in, in 1 Corinthians, we read in 4, we go to, um, okay, I, I finished not to think beyond what is written that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. So there'll be no arrogance. Verse 7, for who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? You see, everything you have, God has given to you. What do you have that you did not receive? Look what you have received. What have you received? What has granted you access now? You've been purchased. All right, let's go back to um, Hebrews 9.11. Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves. But with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. This is what you have received. What has been given to you is eternal redemption. You are no longer yourself. You have been purchased. You have received a new life. You have received a new, a new name. You have received something and everything that is not of this creation. That's why you can be bold because what is not of this creation shakes this creation. Shakes it. That which is from above is above the lower. There's a verse in uh, Acts, let's see if I can quickly find it, that just flashed. In Acts 3, that goes with this, regarding him not, Jesus not being left in Hades. Acts 2.27. Yeah, that's right. So what are we talking about, not of this creation, and that that which is from heaven, 
that which is from above displaces the lower reality. So here regarding Jesus, uh, in Peter's sermon, he talks about for, uh, the words of Jesus, really. This is his quoting the Psalms. And, um, hmm. okay, let's go from, okay, verse 25. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. For he's at my right hand, I may not be shaken. What do we read in Hebrews? That he came, he came. We're breaking, we're breaking through something here. So let's be patient. Came as a high priest of good things to come with a great and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. Well, the Father himself, the, he's the word of the Father, right? The Lord Jesus Christ is the word of God made flesh. And so here, uh, regarding Jesus, he, I, he, I saw him always before my face. He's at my right hand. I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoices. My tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hate, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Now that part of you will not leave my soul in hate in the lower realm and always of sin in the realm of carnality because really the wages of sin is death and if you sow into your flesh, out of the flesh you reap destruction. So really the only place the nature of the flesh can go is hell. The only fitting that flesh rebellious nature has is hell where corruption is. But if we don't move in the low realms of hate, so to say, of carnal, hellish thought process, will not suffer corruption because you see that which is from above is saving my soul lest I go by the way of corruption. Does it make sense? And so when he, the writer of Hebrew is saying that now he came in with this, with this, uh, n- new tabernacle that is greater and more perfect, there's no corruption found because it's from above. It's from a new creation. Why does it matter, Desi? I'll tell you why it matters. Because you're in that new creation now. And if you don't see yourself as a partaker of this new nature, of this new creation, you will be tossed on the waves of the high sea all the time, not knowing whether you're coming or going. Always feeling like you're sinking. Why would you be sinking if you're from above? Why would you be sinking? I'm talking to myself. Why will I be sinking if I'm part of this better creation that is great? Why? Lack of revelation. Lack of understanding. A greater understanding in the woe is me. More confidence in the flesh that is corrupt. Than this new creation reality. That we've been purchased through this eternal blood. That he offered his blood through the, he offered his blood through the eternal spirit. We're part of it. The most holy of holy acts he did for us, shedding his blood and 
taking his blood as the high priest before the presence of God, offering it through the holy, eternal spirit. Open your understanding to see yourself, how worthy, worthy, worthy you are in the sight of God. What a presentation. This high priest came. He came as a high priest that you won't have a woe in your mind again, a pure conscience consecrated through the blood of Christ, even as I'm speaking and seeing it. I myself want to grow in it. I myself want to grow in it. Because look at this. Verse 14 in Hebrews 9. How much more? Come on now. How much more? Show the blood of Christ. Is this real to us? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works, from dead works, from corrupted mindset, from wickedness of disposition to serve the living God. Your service is not of this creation. Do you know why? You're serving him with this heart of faith. It's a brand new heart. It's a born again man. It's a spirit man. I am a spirit man. And my spirit man alone can serve the living God. Of my natural man, I cannot serve God. What say you? Carnal nature to serve this new creation reality. What say you? How defiled in mind have we been? How defiled in understanding have we been? An arrogance to my outer man to serve God of my own little pretense, of my own little ideas of what I want to do, what I don't want to do. I don't want to do that. There is a laying down of one's life. So your spirit man arises. You reckon the old dead. Now you know yourself in this new way of life. And from here, all you do is in service to him. From here, all you do is submission to him. From here, the only way is obedience. Obedience. His obedience made reality for me. For this reason, verse 15, he is the mediator of the new covenant. But look at this, by means of death, great death. We go through a death ourselves. For the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant. He died for it all. That those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. And that's what I read this for, to come to this, what I said in Paul to the Corinthians, says, what do you have that you did not receive? That you may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. We're going to go to First John, and then I really want to read uh, Peter and John. 
First John, 嗯，马蒂巴马哈，嗯嗯嗯嗯嗯。Are you ready? God says, buckle up. 嗯嗯嗯 ，It's about to take off, but it's about to take off. Five, first, first John five six. This is he who came by water and blood. This high priest, Jesus Christ, not only by water but by water and blood. What mysteries are in this portion of scripture? This portion of scripture, what mystery, reality of God. Let's go back. Put your eyes. Let's put here. This is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood, greater blood. And it is the Spirit. It is the Spirit, not the flesh. It is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. You see, only truth can bear witness to truth. You see, deception—the carnal nature that is deceivable, highly deceivable—can only be deceived. Is always in opposition to truth. Therefore, their flesh, nor my flesh, can validate the truth of the Word of God. So, when you find yourself in cute little conversation. And their flesh is engaged, and my flesh is engaged. At that moment, you might want to end the conversation. There'll be no bearing of truth thereafter. Only the Spirit, who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven: the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one, one voice, one, one truth. And there are three that bear witness on earth: the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. I have, through many years, been pressing into these verses. I'm gaining understanding more and more. Verse nine. I'm going to move from there to nine now. If we receive the witness of man, if we receive the witness of man, remember what you have that you haven't received. Well, we can receive the witness of man. But it can only go that far. If you receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which He has testified of His Son. He who believes in the Son of God, he who believes in the Son of God, has the witness in himself, because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness within yourself, the Spirit of Truth. He who does not believe God has made him a lie because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of His Son. Verse eleven, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is where is in His Son. What did we say, Paul told the Corinthians? But of Him you are in Christ Jesus. You are in life already. You are part of this new living, new creation. The new creation is of life. It's not of death. That's why the Word says that when you became born again, you've passed from death to life. Your only portion is life. I'm not talking about life going to the beach every day. I'm talking about eternal life. 
glorious divine reality life. So that from the life he has given to us, we can give to others life. That which I have received, I freely give life. He who has the son, let's go 11 again. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who has the Son has life. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. What is it? What is this thing? What is it to believe in the name of the Son of God? It is to have life. Do we understand? Do we, does Desi understand? That because I believe in the name of the Son, I have life. Life is life. There's no shadow of turning. Life is light. There's no darkness. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe, continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. And then from there, he moves into confidence. You can read that on your own time. Let's go to Acts 3 now. What does this look like? Peter and John, a perfect picture of it. So in Acts 3, there is the healing of the lame man. In verse 1, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. They were found where it was supposed to be, the house of prayer. Verse, so then there was the lame man at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, asking for alms from those who enter the temple. And seeing Peter and John about to go in, to the temple, he asked for alms. Mm. Yeah. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Mm. Look at us. And so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. What do you have they haven't received? Expecting to receive something from them. What did they have? What did we just read that we have when we believe in the Son? That you may know that you have eternal life. What did we also read in Hebrews? I'll just remind us. Remind us that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. All right. So that qualifies for Peter and John, right? And so he's expecting to receive something from Peter and John that they have. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. Why? It's so cheap. Counts for nothing. 
It's of this creation. Why are you banking on that which is in this creation? No value. Zero value. So much so there's no value that God didn't even mention money in, the, in, in, in Matthew 6 regarding why worry about your life, what you eat or wear. He didn't say, he didn't say about money. It's so insignificant. Oh, so insignificant. And everyone in life is working towards it. Our identity is that which we have. Christ Jesus. That's why everyone's feeling busted and poor and broke because they're identifying with the wrong half of this old creation. Mandiluba. When we are of another creation, we're not of this creation. What we have is not of this creation. It's from above, and we are sustained from this heavenly gift. Provision is part of it. Don't let it hit your head, don't I have to go to work? Yeah, you have to go to work. You're an assignment there. To give to them what you have. To give to them what you have. God takes care of you. He says he knows what you need even before you mention it. What does this look like? I'm attaining to know myself. What does it look like? To be like Peter and John, so persuaded, like that, that Greek scholar, the way it says, in him we have confidence. That word confidence is, is double persuaded. Persuaded upon persuaded. Unmoved. No doubt, no doubt. So here are these two men who've been with Jesus. And they said, boldly, no, no, I'm too broke, I can't give. No, 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 it was not like that. Silver and gold, cheap. You don't need silver and gold. You need life. Silver and gold, I do not have. But what I have, what did they have we just read? Eternal life, eternal inheritance. The one that has the son has life. That's what you are attaining every day. This understanding of the life of God you already have. Yeah. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus. The focus is what I do have, I give to you in the name. Those who believe the name, what did John say? The same John that right here was. The ones that have the Son have life. This John with Peter said, because it was with John, Peter said, look at us. That which we have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Life gives you strength. They released life. They are now a life-giving spirit. They imparted life into him. Verse 12. Then, then, you know, the layman, he leaped, right? He received strengthening. He leaped. 
All the people saw him walking, praising God, and they knew that a miracle had happened, right? Verse 12. So when Peter saw it, um, let's go 11. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's. Greatly amazed, marveling at Peter, the person Peter and John. But look, the redirection to the new creation. Look at it. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. He didn't say, look at us. We are the superheroes. We are super apostles. Yes, follow us. No. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? Well, don't you know I've prayed and prayed. I'm all prayed up now. Let me lay hands on you. There you go. You're healed because I was all prayed up. No foolishness. Be prayed up. But it's not your godliness. It's not your own power. It's this new life of this new creation that is greater. This new tabernacle of God. You're in him. A shift of a thought. You're part of a supernatural body. A tabernacle, a tabernacle that is not made, not made with hands. Greater and more perfect. Not of this creation. So why you marvel at flesh, not flesh? It's God. And so then, verse 16. And his name, the name of Jesus, through faith in his name, he's qualifying who raised, who raised the lame man. It was the power of the name, faith in the name. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him. Of him you are in Christ. Yes, he says, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And it stirred up all the devils, all the religious people. The Pharisees apprehended them. They were greatly disturbed. If you go to Acts 4, 2, they were greatly disturbed that Peter and John taught in the name. Of Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. The devil hates it. See, this boldness is of God, is not of man. And what it looks like when opposition comes, you don't take it personal, buddy. You don't. You don't get offended. You just got elevated. It is God in you. And so verse, so persecution broke out. They, um, apprehended them, to to, to talk to them. In verse 8, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus, they just apprehended them for this very reason. 
But when you're with the Holy Spirit, when you know you're not of this creation, truth only comes out. But by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Stands before you whole. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness, that's the word we looked at last week and beginning of this message. When they saw the boldness, the confidence of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. What did they perceive? The new creation they perceived. Not of earth, not of the earthly training, not of the rabbinical schools that, that dulls the mindset and makes you a persecutor of truth. And so, so they were, the Pharisees knew that a notable miracle had taken place and they were afraid of the people. And so what did they do in verse 17? But so that it spreads no further among the people, the teaching of the resurrection. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no one in this name. Like, yeah, yeah, right, okay. So they called them in and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name. Did they say, yes, master, yes, yes, higher-ups, yes, governing authorities, yes, okay. We'll do exactly like you said. We'll not, we'll not speak at all, nor teach the David. Okay, because we just want to live a little longer with our little families. Oh, dear. no, no, no. Look at their response. Peter fell with the Holy Spirit. New creation reality. The eternal life of God buoys you up. You, truth only can validate truth. Truth had just said that it was faith in the name of Jesus that brought perfect soundness and wholeness to this man. Not their religious ideologies. I'm not backing down, he's going to say. Whether it is right in your sight, whether it, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. What an answer. What an answer. We can use this answer today. Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to your carnal things, you of this creation thing, you've fallen in the hate thought process, you. Or to listen to God, you judge. I guess they could make one judgment, potentially make the right judgment. It will work if they make the right judgment. These are the religious people we're talking about. The Sanhedrin. The Pharisees. The higher-ups, religious minds that knew, knew the Torah. Knew it all, knew it all. To them, Peter, this unlearned of natural means, said, Well, it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge. For we cannot speak the things which we have seen in her. For we cannot but speak, sorry, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard, that which we've received, we give. 
So when they had further threatened them, further threatened them, what happened? They let them go finally, finding no way of punishing them because the people, because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been, what had been done. Look, I like this one. I'll read to you for those who are over 40. For the man was over 40 years of old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. In case you want to self-disqualified, I'm too old. I'm, uh, I need to die soon. No, this man was over 40 and he received, <laughs> received healing, received healing, received healing. There's more life. Life. There is only life. 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 Only life. So then they went to their own companions and reported what these false leaders had said. And look, their response in one accord was prayer, prayer, prayer to our Father in heaven. And this is what it sounded like in verse 20 now. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Ha, 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 God says. Ha, ha, ha. Why they come together and plot against my son? What a vain thing. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that without boldness, here's the word. Just like we read last week, Peter said, pray for me for boldness. In Ephesians, we read last week of uh, Peter, sorry, Paul closing Ephesians and saying, pray for me for boldness to declare and to speak the mysteries of Christ as I ought to speak. What we ought to do is be bold in this hour. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant you servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. As they ought to, can I add? By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name, the name. Because the one that has the name has life and that life is a miracle working life. It is from above. It's far greater and more perfect. The name of your holy servant Jesus. And look at God's response. Look at his response. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. I think he, they gave, he gave them a big hug. He gave them a big hug. Yes, you're of my own type. You're of my own company. Yes, and it just happened. The place shook because, I mean, a God hug is a God hug after all. The place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And look at 32. They were of one heart, one soul. They, they, no one says, it's mine. And all the things he possessed, was not, uh, it, was, it was common to all. And verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. No one lacked for all who were possessors of lands, houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each as everyone had need because they had a revelation of what I said, of what, what Paul said to the Corinthians, and what do you have that you did not receive? You see, when we hoard, when we 
not give out is because we are mindful on this earthly creation. But what we have is the sun. And in the sun, we have his life. And that is not of this creation. And we are done for this wonderful day. Amen, amen, and amen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs>